The problem in, the, in this world, you see, is, is instant gratification. Everybody wants it now. Hi, this is Chaz Palminteri, and welcome to the Chaz Palminteri Podcast. It's Monday at 11 o'clock. Every time a new episode comes out on Monday at 11 o'clock, we'd like to remind you before we start, don't forget to come and see the one-man show, the show that was a major hit on Broadway, ran for years, and also, also the musical, the musical ran for years, and the one-man show ran for years on Broadway. You believe this, John? Both of them. Uh, this is the show that started it all before the movie, before the musical. If you want to come and see it, you go to chazpalmentary.net. I am going to be. John, what are my days for the next few weeks here? On March 9th, you're going to be at the Avalon Theater in Niagara Falls. March 23rd, you're going to be at the Guard Arts Center in New London, Connecticut. April 13th, you're going to be in Robinson Grand Performing Arts Center in Clarksburg, Virginia. And April 20th, you're going to be in Atlantic City at the Ocean Resorts Casino. Atlantic City at the Ocean Resorts. What is that? April what? That is April 20th. And June. Wait a minute. I got to tell you about June because I'm going to be, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to be back at the Paramount. June, you're going to be back at the Paramount. That is June 23rd. June 23rd, I'm going to be back at the Paramount in Huntington, Long Island. Love that place. Love going back there. Uh, all these places. So if you really want to come and see the show... Come and see it. It's really, uh, I play 18 characters on stage. This is what De Niro saw. That's how the movie got made, folks. Pretty incredible. Uh, we're selling out everywhere. So sold out Palm Beach a few weeks ago at the Kravitz Center. Sold out show. I mean, so get your tickets early because the really great seats, they go fast, you know. But all these places are great, great venues, great seats all over. Also, my restaurant is killing it, John. My two restaurants, 30 West, 46th Street in Manhattan, and my restaurant here in White Plains, 264 Main Street. We just introduced this honey pepperoni pizza in White Plains. Honey pepperoni pizza, I'm sure you heard of that. Some restaurants have been having it. Oz is the best. The pizza is incredible. In the white, we don't make pizza in the in the Manhattan one, but in White Plains, we do the pizza, brick oven pizza, honey pepperoni pizza. Got to go there. Got to try it out. I'm there a lot. I'm there in Manhattan too. I'm always doing my interviews there, my press there. So come and check it out. Also, go to my website. Don't forget the now you can't leave T-shirts. Posters, sweatshirts. It's uh, one of the great ones. Your girlfriend's getting uh, like a birthday, uh, anniversary. Come on, you got to buy one of the great ones. So, John, today, today we're talking about self help books. Well, you know, I was realizing something. I love to read help, the self help books. I was reading so much self-help books, John, that I wasn't doing the work. All I was doing was reading. And then I realized, holy shit, 
I got to talk about this because if I'm doing this, I'm sure other people are doing this. Sometimes you can get so caught up in self-help books that you don't do the work. A self-help book is great, but everything gets better with action. If you don't do the action about what the book says, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like watching a workout video and wondering why you're not gaining muscle. You know what? That's a great analogy. It's like looking at a work. Oh, so this is a this is the workout that's going to get me better. Hmm. So I'll watch this every day and I'll really learn it, but I'm not going to do it. You're absolutely right. I mean, I read a quote in this book, and it said that the magic you're looking for in life is in the work you're avoiding. And that just like kind of rocked me. I'm going to say it one more time. Think about it. There's something that you know you should be doing, whether it be working on yourself, uh, losing weight, uh, writing something, working on your career. The magic you're looking for in life is in the work you're avoiding. Come on, guys. Think about that. Everybody wants to be a star. Everybody wants success. Everybody wants to be, uh, have money. Um, you know, it, it's, you got to work at it. If you really want to be successful, you have to work at it. Nothing is achieved without some perspiration. Nothing. Anything that is worth anything, you have to work at it. One more time, the magic you're looking for in life is in the work that you're avoiding. You know, you know what to do, but it, it's hard sometimes. Look, do I know? I, I know. You know, I'm an actor, obviously, and I'm a writer. <clears throat> sometimes I don't feel like writing. Sometimes I just, I want to put on a Netflix, uh, Hulu, Amazon, watch a great movie, go into my screening room and watch something. But I go, oh, God. Oh, God, I got to do this. But I go back, and I start to write, and after about 10 minutes, the flow comes, and I feel, wow, I feel great. And, and that stays with you. When you watch a movie, instead of doing your work, that's called instant gratification. You feel really good while you're watching it, and you're happy you're not doing your work. But when the movie's over and you're alone, you realize that, uh, what do you got to show for it? All right, you got a good feeling. But you don't have that thing to show for it. You don't have that work that really lasts. Because that's what's about success. It's uh, Success has to last. If it's something that's fast, you know, it's like eating that piece of chocolate cake, you know. If you don't eat it and you wait until later and you work out and you, you keep that attitude up, after a few weeks you start looking at yourself and say, well, I, I, you know, I'm looking pretty good here. My stomach went in. I, I don't have that sugar face, you know, that puffed up face with 
sugar and salt. The problem in the in this world, you see, is is instant gratification. Everybody wants it now. I want instant gratification. I want that cake. Uh, I don't feel like working out. I want to take a pill to make. Everybody always goes, if there was a pill that can make my body change and get really big, I would love it. Yeah, there is a pill. It's called steroids, but it also kills you. You know, everybody wants that magic pill, but there, re- there really isn't any. You just have to work hard. I wish, I, I wish I could give you an answer. Like so many actors come over to me and say, Chaz, you know, how do you remember all those lines? Like, what's the secret? How do you do that? And I go, there really is no secret. No actor could tell you there's a secret to memorizing a lot of lines. There's, everybody does it different ways. I think Anthony Hopkins said that he used to read the script a hundred times. And that would help him. I do... Um, something that I've done since I was a very young actor. And it's, I, I don't remember an actor, I, an actor told me about it when I was very young, starting out in my to- early 20s. And he explained to me, <clears throat> he was older than me, that you learn your lines from hearing the other person's question about your line. And that helps you. So he said, what he did was he put the line on a tape, then left the space there for him to answer it, then gave his the correct line so if you knew if you got it right or not. And I said, wow, that's interesting. So I tried it, and it really helped me a lot. I got it, Back then, we had cassette tapes. Now you could do it on your phone. But I would, put the, I would say the other person's line in the script that I'm acting with, or even if it was just one, three people, doesn't matter. Then when my line came up, I would leave a space. And then I would say the line. And I kept doing that, the whole scene. And then I'd be around the house and just reading things or watching television. And I would put the tape on and I hear them talking. And I knew when that space was empty, this, that's my line. And I would say my line and then I would wait, and then the correct line would be on. And if you got it right, you knew it. If you didn't get it right, you realized it. I'd be brushing my teeth in the morning, play the tape, walking around the house, playing the tape. And that's how I you know, would learn my lines. It was great. I go on my treadmill sometimes, John, and I, and I put it through the big speakers, and I'm, I'm, there I am working, and I'm, I'm doing the scene. Because you know... When that line comes for your line, before your line, you know that, hey, it's my line. And uh, that's how I do it. Now, other people are different. Some people just put it in front of them and do it that way. I've done it that way, but I enjoy doing it this way because I could do it all day. I can get in my car while I'm driving and just play the scene and learn it. Then go to the next scene and learn it, and then the next scene, and learn it. So, there really is no easy way to learn lines. 
I mean, and if you're looking for an easy way to learn lines, what kind of actor do you want to be, you know? I mean, really. What, do you just want to be famous? If you just want to be famous, then, you know, go out and do something stupid, then you could be famous. You know, that's not the way to be famous, you know. Uh, there's being famous and then there's going down in infamy. Two different things. What do you think about the people who method act? Yeah, well, I'm a method actor. Are you? Yes. So I heard like this story, like when Jim Carrey was playing Andy Kaufman, yeah. they had to call him Andy on set. Well, I mean, that's that was Jim's choice. You know, uh, he wanted to be. He wanted to be. I mean, I don't do that. You know, I'm a method actor, but I, but I've studied different styles of acting. Uh, you know, I I studied with the Meisner technique and Stella Adler read read books about her. Uh, Frank Osaro, I remember. Michael Shirtliff. Uh, so sometimes I'll use the method and sometimes I won't. It matters the role, it matters what I'm doing. Now, you know, Jim Carrey, he wanted that and that helped him, and that's fine. Uh, but I like to leave it home after I'm finished. You know, then there's actors like... Um, like uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, I directed him in a movie called Noel, a Christmas movie. And he was amazing. He he could like laugh and talk and have and have the the whole crowd around them telling jokes. And then I go, Robin, Robin, come on, you're on. And he goes, All right, all right, all right, I'm coming. And everybody's laughing, then he come on and right into it crying, whatever. So everybody's different. I'm kind of like in the middle of both those guys. Now, you know? when you read a script, would you prefer somebody to have strictly stay on the script or would you rather improv? Am I the actor or the writer? You're the actor. Oh, no, we should, we should stay on the script. We should do that first. Give the director and the writer what they want and then we could ask the director, hey, would you mind if we uh, if we go off a little bit? And he'll say yes or he'll say no. It matters. You know, some directors don't want you to. Some say, you know what? I got what I want. Move on. Let's move on. Some directors will say, okay, do what you want to do. Let me hear it. That's interesting. I was watching this interview with Robert Downey Jr. the other day. Right. And he was talking about when he first became Iron Man, there was very little script, and he almost improvised the whole movie. Wow. Just because they knew that he was a great improviser. Yes. But there was a, a obviously a structure, but I just found it interesting. Like, you can really depend on an actor that much? Well, when I worked with Woody Allen, Woody was very different. Woody let certain actors improvise and certain actors know. So... Uh, he let me and Jennifer Tilly improvise all we wanted. It was great. Um, he doesn't talk to you much about acting. He just says, I hired the right person. Do what you have to do. It's very, uh, we had a lot of fun. But he would write great scripts, so <laughs> sometimes you didn't have to improvise that much, you know. But he would let you do things. And um, I remember when we did uh, the scene when I kill Olive, when I take a... I, I, I kill Olive, who's played by uh, Jennifer Tilly, who's brilliant. So funny. And my line was, 
I drive her up to the water, the pier, and there were no lines there. It was just drive her up, walk to the end of the pier, and say one line. So her and I, he let us, and I drove, we got out of the car, and I go, hey, yeah, you don't worry, Nick is going to, you know, he's going to, wants to take you on a moonlight cruise. She was a moonlight cruise, right? And we start talking, we're just rapping her, and I was great. And then uh, I go, Olive, the line originally was, you're not ready for Broadway, and I kill her. But she had this voice that was so annoying in, this, in the movie that I said, Woody, can I do my another line? He goes, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. So I, we do the whole improv, and she gets to the ward, and I go, Olive, there's something I have to tell you. You're a horrible actress. Bam, bam, bam. And she falls into the water. And then I walk away and I go, that voice like a knife in my heart. Well, the place just went nuts. And he left it in, you know. I mean, um, uh, Woody is a good guy, man. I remember I said to him, I said, Woody, uh, that's, there's that line. Oh, I told Diane Weiss. I love that line, uh, don't speak, don't speak. When she says, to, she's always going, don't speak, don't speak to John Cusack. Such a funny, she won the Academy Award for that. So I wanted to say it and nobody, I said, how are you gonna say that line? And at the very, very end when I got shot, we did the scene and my last line was, uh, tell Sylvia Poston that she's pregnant, it'll make a great ending, boom, and I die. And it's funny. So I did it, and Woody goes, perfect rap. I go, no, no, Woody, Woody, let me get a line. He goes, no, no, I got it. I, I go, well, Woody, please. He goes, all right, do what you want to do. I said, okay. So I die, and I go, tell Sylvia Post that she's pregnant. It'll make a great ending. And John is about to say his line, and I put my hand over his mouth, and I go, don't speak, don't speak. Boom, and I fit, and I die. Well, he looked at me and went, and he loved it, and he left it in. So, you know, sometimes the actor brings magic, and sometimes I've done things where, uh, you know, and the actor actually goes, well, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll use it, and he didn't use it, so you don't know. But you have to be open to it. I like that idea where you, I mean, you got to try it to know if it works. Yeah, I mean. You really don't know if it works until you see it, you know. And I and I say that, but I always tell actors to absolutely do the lines on the page. Nothing is worse than not, you know. The writer's there, the director's there, and he says, "Hey, man, you got to know your lines. Once you give them what they want, then you could, you know, say, hey, could I try some stuff?'" Some directors will say yes, and some directors say no. Now I know we got off a little bit on the thing, but let's let's get back let's get back to the self help stuff. I mean, I don't know where we we went off on a tantrum there for something. So, what are some of the positives and negatives of these self help books? Well, because sometimes you'll get that one like like that one line that I you know, the magic that you're looking for is life is the work that you're avoiding. I mean, that one resonated with me. It really did. And every time I'm about not to do my duties, whether it be working out or um, doing my reading that I like to do, you know, uh, that's doing my writing. 
take, you know, trying to be the best husband I can be, which we all sometimes fail at that. You know, uh, I go, hey man, don't avoid the work. Don't avoid the work. And, and, I, and that stayed in my head, you know? And if you're not doing, if you're not doing the work, do something that's productive. Read. You know, I have all these books here. And and I and I keep going, man, you gotta read. You gotta read more. You gotta read more. Uh, my son told me a great quote. My son Dante. He said, he said, not all readers are leaders. But he said, but all leaders are readers. <laughs> I love that one. I remember that one, he said. And I never forgot that. Not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. Wow. I love that. I also like the quote that you have where you say, oh, I wish I had a time machine. I could go back in time and talk to somebody. Yeah. I always say, you know, people always go, oh, if I had a time machine, I would talk to this person. I said, you can. Here they are right here. Just open up a book and and read. Sometimes I, I open up YouTube. And that's another thing. The the internet will kill you. Will kill you. Because I want to do TED Talks. You know, I love TED Talks. 15, 20 minutes. And they have these talks that, wow, that are just, some of these TED Talks are just wonderful, man. Just really, really great. But then I'll get on there and I'll go, you know, how many feet is the Grand Canyon? And I'll hit Grand Canyon... Gee, is, is the Grand Canyon the deepest canyon in the world? List of the top, and I'll go off on a tantrum because it's right there. It's instant information, instant gratification. And I'm supposed to go back to my reading, and I'll go, wait a minute. Who was the tallest guy that ever lived? How long did he live? Who was the shortest guy that ever lived? How long did he live? It's fucking crazy. Any question you want to know, you could find out. How many, do you know, how about this question? I couldn't believe this. What is your, I think I, <clears throat> I think you know the answer to this, but John, there are, I think there are 300 million people on the earth today. No, on the earth, I think it's more along the lines of like 4 billion what am I saying? That's in America. In America, yeah. That's in America. How many people are in the world? Uh, let's see. 7.8 billion. And that's from 2021. 7.8 billion. We've, this was three years ago. Three years ago. So tell me, do you think... Here's a question. Do you think that more people since time began died more than that number or that number is high what do you think oh that's a good point i i you've told me this before and i don't remember the answer i'm pretty sure that more people have died than are living right now that's correct more people have died that are living right now now nobody would you would say how could that be i don't know but that was the answer i remember if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong well, maybe it was the United States. No, I think it was the world. It probably is the world. I'll look it up yeah. and let you know in a minute. 
What's the answer to that question? It's estimated that 90 to 100 billion have lived and died to date. There are about 6 billion alive today. So I guess the answer is yes, more people have died than more are More people alive have died today. than are alive today. Wow. That's crazy. You know, you read that. I, I, then I go, how many people commit suicide in the, in, in the United States? How many people commit suicide in the world? I mean, I mean, who cares? Who cares about all these things? I think a million people kill themselves in the United States every year. Okay, here's some more statistics. 109 billion humans have lived. 109 billion? Humans have lived. Right. And this goes back 200,000 years approximately. Right. And there's 8 billion alive today. So more than 10 times the amount of people on Earth today have died. Imagine that. Jeez. And you wouldn't think that. You would say, oh, no, that couldn't be that many people. Well, it's true. That's true, man. Holy shit. That's that's weird. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. You, every time I get into those, you know, those riffs of going back and looking up all this information, realize what you're doing. You're avoiding your work. And it's easy to do it with uh, the internet. My God. People go, you know, you could start looking at film clips of great movies. Porn, forget about it. What porn has done... Do you know, John, there's more kids in their early 20s with ED than ever before? Yeah, it's just a false expectation because they watch these things and think that that's how life is, and it's not. All these kids have been on porn since they were 13 years old on the internet till they're 22, 23, and they just can't, they have erectile dysfunction because in their mind, they think that, you know, they have, uh, like, I can get a blonde, I can get a brunette, and... I could do whatever I want on the computer. Then they can't have a relationship in real life. I'm telling you, folks, you got to be careful of the internet. I know we talked about it before, but think it. Just think about it, and you know, make the kids when they're growing up try to hold off that those phones and Facebook and all that other stuff. Hold that up until at least. I don't know. Can you hold it up until they're 14, 15? I don't know. Good luck. That's pretty rough. You know. So what we were saying about the self-help books is that be careful. You can read them all you want. And there's great self-help books. I, I, I just, you know, there have been some great books. You know, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And he's wrote a few great books. I love his his books. They're just... Right to the point, and they do something. Uh, when I read his work, it's it just connects with me. It really does. He wants so, to come on the pod. You know what? I got to bring him on the podcast. Let's get him. I know he wants. That is to. a damn good idea. I would love to have him on the podcast. Robert, you're coming on the podcast. I got to find you and get get you on here because uh, and thank you for that incredible copy. Uh, of the 48 Laws, he gave, me, he gave me a beautiful copy of that book. It's just wonderful. So, folks, just be careful of self-help books. Be careful because as great as they are, you can get into reading about them and you don't do the work. Even the TED Talks. I love watching the TED Talks, but I'll limit myself to 30 minutes. 30 minutes, that's it. Either I'm going to read or listen to some great TED Talks for 30 minutes. 
because the only thing that really is a success is action, forward motion. Reading about something doesn't change your life. Acting on something that you read will change your life. Think, think about that. Think about it, folks. You know when you're wasting your time. I'm going to say it one more time. The magic that you're looking for in life is in the work that you're avoiding. Okay? This is Chaz Palminteri. I hope I inspired you a little bit today. Wake up in the morning and be the best version that you can be of yourself. That's all you could do, folks. Be happy. Stop looking for happiness. You cannot find happiness. Happiness finds you. So if you are the best version of yourself, happiness will find you. Stop looking for your soulmate. Stop. Be a great soulmate so that person could find you. That's the way it works. Okay? Attract what you want. And the only way you attract what you want is to be the best version of yourself. Okay? We'll see you next week. This is Chaz Palminteri on the Chaz Palminteri Podcast. Don't forget, go to my restaurants, especially the one in White Plains. We have that new honey pepperoni pizza. You've got to try it. It will knock you out. Great food, great atmosphere. Uh, don't forget chazpalmentary.net. Come to one of my shows. You'll have a chance to meet me afterwards. God bless you all. And remember, Mondays, 11 o'clock. Check it out. See you next week.